welcome to Join Our Table, a meal support podcast for eating disorder recovery. We are your hosts, Jose Savinsky and Jillian Walsh. We're Canadian dietitians supporting those with eating disorders to re-nourish their bodies and reject diet culture. Join us as we provide light distractions, grounding tools, and resources to help you navigate mealtime. Welcome to our table. Hello and welcome. Um, We are so excited today to do another meal episode with you. Um, So, you know, before we get started, if you haven't gotten a chance to set up your space to kind of get yourself settled, this is a really good opportunity to press pause and come back to us when you're ready. Um, And what we mean by setting up your space is, you know, making sure that you're sitting at a chair or table, um, preferably so that you can feel nice and grounded, making sure, you know, you have your feet on the floor, have your back on a chair or on the the back of a chair, um, and, you know, eliminating distractions as as much as possible so that you can really fully join us in this experience together of sharing our meal. Um, Yeah. Any other thoughts, Jill, about how folks can prepare I think you covered everything. The one other reminder is if you um, need to go to the bathroom, now is a great time because we will just have all of your attention for the next like 45 to 60 minutes. And then we, of course, will encourage um, bathroom breaks, I guess not bathroom break, more so avoiding the bathroom up until about 30 minutes um, after the end of the episode as well. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, everyone. So why don't we go right into our first segment, which is our appetizer. Jill, can you serve us our appetizer? Yes, I am all ready to go. So our (laughs) grounding activity um, today is going to be paced breathing. So there are many different ways to do paced breathing. um, But for today, we're going to use something called square breathing. And for myself, I like four seconds to be kind of each side of my square. So if it helps to visualize um, your intake or your in-breath inhale is going to be one side of your square, then you're going to hold the breath for four seconds, which I say is the top of the square. Then your exhale is down one side of your square for four seconds, and then you hold again to complete your square. And so as I'm talking to you, and even though you can't see me, I'm actually making a square with my finger. Um, You can do that if it helps. You can just envision if that works better for you. And I will actually, I'll lead you through the pace breathing and we will do 10 squares. Um, So it'll take a couple of minutes. And before we get started, it can help um, maybe to wet your palate, grab a glass of water, have a couple of sips, and then plant your feet firmly on the ground. I find this is very helpful with grounding. Um, I'm famous for tucking my feet up underneath me. I find it's more comfortable as a short person, so my feet aren't dangling. Um, But for this instance, when we are trying to become really grounded before a meal, having those feet on the ground can be quite helpful. So please join me with our feet on the ground, and we will get started on our square breathing. So In three seconds, I'll say inhale, and I'm actually going to give you the countdown to one, two, three, four. So we'll say three, two, one, inhale, three, two, one, hold, three, two, one, 
exhale, three, two, one, hold, three, two, one, inhale, three, two, one, hold, three, two, one, exhale, three, two, one, hold, three, two, one, inhale, three, two, one, hold, three, two, one, exhale, three, two, one, hold, two, one, inhale, three, two, one, hold, two, one, exhale, two, one, hold, two, one, inhale, two, one, hold, two, one, exhale, two, one, hold, two, one. I'll give you some time to continue that um, for another three breaths, so three square breaths. So take your time. I need to take my own breath now. Okay, so everyone should have had some time there to get at least a couple of square breaths in, if not three, or even maybe four, depending on how quickly you count. Um, I needed to take some time to do the breath as well. So I, um, I'm feeling grounded. Jose, how are you doing over there? I'm feeling great. That was really wonderful. Wonderful. So <laughs> that actually will sum up our appetizer. Um, and that is a grounding activity that folks can use anytime um, that one might be experiencing heightened anxiety, distress, even things like um, increased thoughts, increased negative self-talk. Um, there are many instances in which grounding activities can be beneficial and pre-meal anxiety is just one of them. So Jose, how are you feeling? Shall we get started on the main dish? Absolutely. I am ready. So for anyone who might be new to our podcast, this is the segment in which we dish on different topics, um, essentially to provide some light distraction. Um, so this is a great time to actually get your meal started. So now that we've had this opportunity to ground ourselves a little bit, reduce a little bit of that mealtime, pre-mealtime anxiety, um, now now's a good time to take those first bites. Um, we will give you a bit of a heads up when we're about halfway through our time um, so that you can assess, you know, your pace in terms of eating your meal. Um, otherwise, enjoy our light conversation <laughs> while you're uh, making your way through your meal. Yes, and we will both be here to help with some pacing cues along the way. Um, we do say around a half hour, 30 or so minutes for a meal. Um, so that will be the ballpark that we're working on today. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So Jill, how have you been? How's, been your, how's your week been? I was going to say, <laughs> how's been your week? That was a weird <laughs> sentence structure. <laughs> 
My week has been um, good. So it's been a l- nice. I've had some help from family and friends. Um, so it's been nice to get a little bit of downtime to really focus on some work tasks. Um, I was even able to run a couple of errands, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. So overall, it has been quite enjoyable. How has your week been? My week has also been good. Um, yeah, it's been busy, but I think I've managed to still find some time to do some fun things. Um, yesterday, I was able to go um, eat on a patio for the first time since COVID started, which was pretty fun. Amazing. Um, yeah. And otherwise, just connecting with uh, with friends and, yeah, trying to – maintain, you know, and manage my energy as I navigate this week. And so far that's been going well. No complaints. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's been nice. I have to say, I cannot believe that we are going into the last couple of weeks of summer. I know. I am just flabbergasted. I'm, I I feel like I blinked and half the year has gone by. So it's definitely, um, it's an interesting time, I have to say. Like my son just turned six months old. Um, summer is coming to an end. There seems like there's a lot of shifts coming with the world in September. Um, you know, particularly shaped around children going back to school. So mm-hmm. I'm cautiously optimistic that you know we're going to start to learn what this new normal is, um, and it'll be yeah. I'm. I'm somewhat looking forward to it, I have to say. So mm-hmm. time Absolutely. will tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I hope that it uh it will be it will be good, right? I think a lot of, of kids especially are looking forward to like seeing their friends again and um being in a in a classroom, right? After so many months. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it has the potential of being good and yeah, we don't really know how that's going to play out until it happens. So exactly, yeah, no, yeah. But it's certainly, certainly, I think this year has a little bit of a different vibe. Like as we approach um, September, than mm-hmm. it usually does, um, just because lots of folks have been actually mostly home, right, for the past yeah. like four or five months. Of course, a lot of folks have still been going into work and everything, but it's not the same kind of back to school as usual. So yes, that anticipation yeah. doesn't feel um I guess as heightened. And it could be just that shift with myself. This is the first September in well, I mean, 3 years that I'm not going back to school. Um yeah. in the sense of my master's now finally done. Yes. Um so and then exciting. yeah, like <laughs> I, I used to love, love, love August mostly for school supply shopping. I am such a fan of stationery. I oh, it yes. doesn't even matter what it is. Like it could be post-it notes, it could be pens, mm-hmm. um, glue sticks. Like it, it's. I'm not particular. I just love stationery. I love um, that, and it's always <laughs> been my thing. Like even in primary school, I loved coming home and having you know my little. What are they called? I want to call it a cahier, but that's not right. <laughs> like a <laughs> like a notebook. Like a notebook, yeah. Um, <laughs> I only knew what you meant because that's a French word. Well, and you knew where it's coming from is my French immersion. <laughs> These oh, there we go. Some terms I only know in French, um, <laughs> like those you know random terms that you don't learn a whole lot of. Yeah. Um, yeah. For example, world history and mm-hmm. 
what was it? Canadian geography and world history. There are um, names particularly around history that I only know in French and it's foolish because it took me forever to realize that um, the Cold War was la guerre froide. Froide? Froide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that better? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I never ever put it together. I had, I oh, learned it all in French. I could regurgitate it in French, um, but I don't think I actually absorbed the information to be able to carry on a conversation about mm-hmm. these things. So mm-hmm. yes, it's, it's just an interesting way. I have to say, that I don't know really that. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't think geography was never my strong suit, but I mm-hmm. don't think French immersion helped that whatsoever (laughs) that's fair I would imagine that like learning it in another language right was probably not not that helpful no no and I grew up in Newfoundland where I mean some of the some of the provinces are like the same English and French um but some of them are completely different like Newfoundland (laughs) so it's just interesting because I mean I knew enough to be able to translate it over um but it's it just registers different. I found my brain did not work the same way in English as it did in French. So right. It's yeah. just different. For sure. For sure. I hear you. Um, yeah. I mean, to this day, like I, I'm someone who speaks both French and English, but there are always certain words that I know right away in either language, but I can't for the life of me think of the equivalent in another language. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is just like, you know, part of the deal when you know more than one language. So mm-hmm. I <laughs> yeah. hear you. But yeah, so yeah. all of that coming from the exercise book. <laughs> so yeah, yes. yes. I always yes. did love um, stationery and, you know, going to school and being able to put my name on everything and having my little labels. And mm-hmm. I was definitely that nerd. So that is fair. Yeah, that is fair. I also did used to love getting um, all of my like back to school supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always fun. Like, you know, the years that you would be able to get, you know, new new pencils or like um, new markers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, of course, I would try to reuse things year, year after year that were still good. But some of the years you got to, yeah, get new highlighters and <laughs> all right. of that, which is so funny that, you know, if I was excited about those things as a kid, like, of course, I still get excited when I buy new highlighters right as an adult, but yeah. yeah and there's so many fun. more options now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cool time. It's a cool time sure. in the stationary world, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> and you would, yeah, you would know that a bit more than I do because I know that you mentioned that you love stationary. And um, I remember once we were chatting and I showed you one of my notebooks and you knew right away. You were like, oh, I would not like that paper. Um, <laughs> tell us more about that, Jill, about your I paper am preference. Snob. <laughs> I am so, I am. So, well, and I'm a pen snob too. That's, it, it's, yeah. I don't think it is unique to one, um, to one facet of stationery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but paper in particular. I find um, I am very, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there are certain things that I like. So I like to know what the, um, like how much the paper is going to bleed in terms of my mm-hmm. pen type. I want to know how heavy the paper is. Um, I'm very particular about line spacing. I don't like wide line spacing. I like my spacing oh. to be quite like narrow. 
Interesting. Yeah. I prefer flat binding so that I can like lay lay a notebook like flat on each side. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So like that it doesn't um, like pop up on one side. Oh, yes. So yeah. like a lot of books will pop up usually like so the first half they'll pop up on the left side so then you love writing with your right hand on the right side because it's flat on that side versus having that like little pop yeah so yes I am very particular that way what else that's really that's probably like the big things um Mm -hmm. but I also cannot stand a pen that smudges yeah so I do a lot of like pen tests on my paper on scrap paper because it can't be in my like in my book Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so I will I'll test and test and test and there's actually only a couple pens that I have that I use because okay once I have them then I'm fully committed right (laughs) and they don't smudge so why mess with a good thing so I have a question for you Mm -hmm. are you left-handed or right-handed you should know this about me I don't Mm, what do you think well, now I'm wondering if you're left-handed because the smudging thing, I'm left-handed and the smudging thing is very much a problem as a left-handed person. Mm-hmm. I am not left-handed. I'm oh. right-handed. Mm. I, and so you it, have, you have right-hand privilege mm-hmm. and here you are talking about the smudging of mm-hmm. your pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also write with my whole elbow down. So I write with basically like half my arm down. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying, so, to, I'm trying to picture that. So the same way, like if I ate with my elbows on the table, I write with my elbows on the table, but I write okay. with the whole, right from my, my whole forearm is down. So I everything say, would smudge. I want to say that I do that too. Are there people who don't do that? I don't know. I just know that that's how I keep my arm steady. Huh. Maybe everybody writes Me like too. that. Me too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Now everybody listening to us are going to be paying attention to where they're. I know, are. I know. I'm, I'm wondering. You know, once we actually release this episode, I think we should do a poll on our yes. Instagram page asking people, um, "Do you write with your elbow down?" Yeah, I always thought that that Very was how random, I did it to study yeah. my hands. But maybe that's just how people write. Yeah, maybe Who that knows? is how most people, mm-hmm. yeah, study their hand mm-hmm. in the process. Yes, hmm. it is very interesting. Maybe you're not maybe you're not as unique as you thought, Jill, well, when it comes to your hand possible. your writing. <laughs> yeah, it is quite possible. Now in saying that, I do everything else left. So I bat left, um, I kick left, I would shoot left, like if I was playing hockey or But you eat with your right hand. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm actually the opposite. <laughs> so I do everything with my right hand apart from eat and write. Um, I even use scissors in my right hand. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because scissors are not designed for left-handed people unless you buy left-handed scissors. Right. And so interestingly, you adapt, right? As a left-handed person, you find a way to make it work. Fair enough. And so are you the only left-handed person in your family? I'm not. My (gasps) mom is left-handed too. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting to me. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like 50-50. Well, 40-60 well, because yes. I have two siblings. Right, yeah. right. Like, <laughs> and, it was you and, and my your dad. Sister. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, very interesting. We are all mm-hmm. right-handed. And I think the baby's going to be right-handed too. 
Yeah, that's I fair. So I think yeah, so. is your is your partner um, right handed as well? Everybody is right handed. Everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And interestingly, we actually just found out that his father, so like my father in law, is left handed, and okay, we have been together for ten years, and I never knew that about his dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was or like had never noticed. Yeah, never noticed. Never noticed. Yeah. Um, and we had never like spoke about it. And I was like, hmm, who knew? So yes, and everybody else um, on both sides of like our immediate families are right-handed. So yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, time will tell, and I will let you know mm-hmm. when we start to get a better idea. But I mean, absolutely. Right now, he's definitely passing things back and forth. So. Nothing set in stone yet. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I wonder what age um like babies, toddlers have to be before we can be like pretty sure whether they're left handed or right handed. Do you know what? I bet you it's before one year. Yeah? I think so. I mean, because already he's using things like spoons, um, like he's grabbing celery sticks and sticks of right. cucumber in that. And mm-hmm. he's st- now in saying that, if I look back through the photos, I think it is more left dominant that he's using with food. Um, mm. But it could be kind of, you know, either or. So nothing well, sticking out yet as a, like as yeah. an obvious dominant one. Well, it will come as no surprise that I am on team left-handed for Imagine. Baby. Imagine. <laughs> and do you know what? I think somewhere in my brain I knew this um, because I've sat on your left at a conference before. Oh, and yeah. I think I remember being like, mm, I need to sit on the right because we're going to bump mm-hmm. elbows. Yeah. So it might be yeah. in that brain somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. But I won't fault you for not remembering, you know, whether, <laughs> you know, all of your friends are left-handed or right-handed. No, no. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So when we yeah. are, um, when we post this, I'm going to be interested to hear what the listeners are. Mm-hmm. Um, and Absolutely. with that, we are about halfway through our meal. So this will be your halfway point, folks. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. I know... Jill, I've mentioned this before. Um, you are one of the only friends that I have on Goodreads. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, and I'm not, we're not promoting Goodreads. This is just a, a website that both of us use to track the books that we've read, and people can go in and leave reviews and rate books and all of that. And, anyways, apparently, it can also be used as like a social media platform in a way where you can like have friends on Goodreads but for some reason you are my only friend on Goodreads. (laughs) That's why you always get the email alerts then. (laughs) Yes I always get I get these email alerts like look at what Jill has been reading and I just find it hilarious. I don't actually read them most of the time I'm not just creeping what you're reading all the time but well I appreciate um, that. (laughs) Yeah yeah but on that note I know that we both have good reads because we both love reading. Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to hear what you've been reading. I know there's been a lot of like light summer reads that you've been into for quite a while. Yeah. Yes. So interestingly, <laughs> for the folks that don't know, um, I I was of course pregnant um, most of last year, and insomnia got me really bad. Mm. So I would read um, in bed, and of course it had to be in the dark. So I would read on my phone. 
Um, mm-hmm. And part of that was every time I read a book, I would go and update it in Goodreads. And then apparently Jose was getting a notification to say <laughs> that Jill just finished another, yet another book at 4 a.m. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so throughout the pregnancy, I was um, – I think, you know, hormonal and there was a lot of different changes happening in my body and I could not tolerate the books that I would normally read. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it was like intention span. Sometimes I simply would just cry and cry and cry because it was such a sad Mm -hmm. storyline. So I resorted to, you know, some of the lighter and fluffier books, um, which were great, very entertaining, you know, definitely made the time pass. So definitely like played a role for that point in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. But lately I've been able to start creeping back into my old sort of books. Um, So things have been getting a little bit more, um, I guess, like in depth or challenging, definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about different topics. Um, But when I was pulling up my app just recently to see what I had read, because again, half the time I forget what I read. Um, Same here. (laughs) A recent one that was like a fiction is called In Five Years by Rebecca Searle. Mm. Um, And I found that one quite good. It was like, it was an easier read, um, but very captivating. So I found that I Mm -hmm. got into it. Um, it is like a relatively new release. I'm assuming I'm going to say that because I waited like 21 weeks for, to get it from the library. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, do you want a little synopsis? I would love that. Can you repeat the name of the book? Cause I've already forgotten. So it's called in five years by in Rebecca Searle. Okay. And she also wrote the dinner list, which I haven't read, but I did place Ooh. it on my holds list at the library. Um, But I will read the, like, synopsis for you. Um, So the main character is Danny Cohen. Um, So it starts with Danny Cohen lives her life by the numbers. She is nothing like her lifelong best friend, the wild, whimsical, believes in fate Bella. Her meticulous planning seems to have paid off after she nails the most important job interview of her career and accepts her boyfriend's marriage proposal in one fell swoop falling asleep completely content. But when she awakens, she's suddenly in a different apartment with a different ring on her finger and beside a very different man. Danny spends one hour exactly five years in the future before she wakes again in her own home on the brink of midnight. But it is Mm. one hour she cannot shake. In five years is an unforgettable love story, but it is not the one you're expecting. Hmm. Even the back of the book is good. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that does sound quite, yeah, quite captivating. It was very cool. And the way, um, the way it was written was very well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, it was, it was cool. I have to say. I liked everything about it. So. Yeah. I love, I, I tend to really like those kinds of books that, have that mystery component and you're trying to piece together like what happened right Mm -hmm. I yeah I like I tend to like those kinds of books yep I found that one was probably the highlight of like the past few months for sure and to be honest Mm -hmm. I don't even think I put it in my Goodreads app yet so what we'll have to do that after falling behind Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but what about you what have you been reading 
Yeah. So I've been reading a all sorts of things. Um, some of them French books, so probably not very relevant for our <laughs> Anglophone uh, listeners. Um, but one of the books that I read recently that I thought was quite interesting um, was called I Was Anastasia. Okay. And so it's around the story of Princess Anastasia, who was, or Anastasia Romanov is her name, who was a Russian Grand Duchess. So if you're not familiar with Russian history, um, <laughs> the um, the monarchy in Russia fell um, right at the beginning of the First World World, or sorry, end of the First World War. Okay, um, I think it was 1917 or 1918 or something like that. Um, essentially, the whole imperial family there's a, like a revolution in Russia. The imperial family is overthrown and. Um, what was in the history books was that the whole Russian family was um, assassinated at that point and wow. kind of putting an end. And anyone that was like even related to them was essentially imprisoned or um, assassinated to to try to make sure that the revolution held strong, right? And that mm -hmm. no one in the imperial family could come back and like reignite the monarchy. Okay. Um. However, so the the czar at the time had um, multiple children, including a daughter named Anastasia. And for years and years and years, there were rumors that Anastasia had gotten away and had not been assassinated with her family. And wow. yeah, and, and throughout the years, many people had claimed that they were Anastasia. Right. Hmm. So it's really interesting to look, um, even if you just go like on the Wikipedia page, there's like a bunch of like famous impersonators, like people who impersonated this princess. Wow. Um, yeah. So very interesting how this book is written. So it is fiction, though it is um, based on that story, essentially, mm -hmm. um, you know the author did take some liberties in terms of the story, mm -hmm. um, but did follow kind of the the thread of how things happened and so it explores um the history or the story of one of Anastasia's most like famous one of the most famous people who claimed to be Anastasia whose okay. name is Anna Anderson and so there are essentially like two you're flipping back and forth between two stories one of them is um Anastasia as she's growing up and so that one is going in like in it's moving in time in a forward direction okay and then and uh, anna anderson's story you actually start like at her later years when she's older and that story moves backwards so as you move through the book the stories are getting closer and closer to each other wow yeah and you have to kind of you know the whole time you're like is she Anastasia? Is she not Anastasia? And then you're trying to like put the pieces together like, oh, well, Anastasia said this in this section, but then Anna saying this, like, is does that mean she's not Anastasia? So it's actually quite interesting um, because it doesn't, it's kind of doesn't really matter what the real story is because right. this is fiction, right? right? So right, the author right. can decide whatever she wants in the end. She can be like, yep, this is the real or real Anastasia or not. Right. Um, yeah. So it was, it was quite good in that way. Um, it is a heavy book though. I have to put a little bit of a content warning for anyone who's interested in reading it because there is um, 
there's a sexual assault and there's um yeah just and you know there's death and in things that are quite heavy and so I would say if you're looking for like a light happy read this is not it okay um but otherwise it is it is a a good I thought it was a good book so yeah depending on the space that you're in um another book with like kind of that mystery aspect to it so I like it yeah I like it I like it Mm-hmm. I will put it on my list for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking now going back to you messaging me the other day. So speaking, you did say you weren't creeping, but then you, you didn't message me and say, Hey, I see that you read the silent patient. <laughs> <laughs> so you okay. Are, you are keeping a little bit of an eye. So, to explain that, to be <laughs> fair, I was so I was looking for a book for my sister, um, my sister's birthday, and I'm just thinking now. By the time this is released, I will have given this book to her, so oh, it's cute. Cool. I can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was looking for a book for my sister, and of course, I went on Goodreads to see what the reviews were, right? Because mm-hmm. I I now never read a book without looking at the reviews on Goodreads, um, and so I looked them up. And when you look up a book. When I look up a book that you've read, it says it right there. Oh. Like it says it. Yeah. Very so cool. if I look at in five years, which you just talked to talked about, mm-hmm. I can see friend reviews and then Jill, Jillian Walsh rated it five stars. Gotcha. Yes. So that's, so that's why I knew you would from. read it. <laughs> gotcha. So Jose texts me and says, Hey, should I get this for my sister? I saw that you read it. And I said, Hmm, I do remember reading it. Let me go see what I rated it because I have no idea <laughs> what happened in that book. And then I said, hmm, I gave it five stars. I don't do that mm-hmm. very often, so it must have been a good one. <laughs> and that was really all I had to go off of. I honestly, I remember very, very little about what that what happened in that book. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, clearly it was good. And it was a psychological thrill, uh, thriller for sure. Yes. I do remember yeah. that piece because I think there was like lots of twists and turns. So mm-hmm. that was good mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But you just, you can't tell us much about the book because you can't remember. But no, it's very rare. It's very rare that I can't tell books. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially um, like if I read a book, I can usually talk about it for like maybe a month or two. And then after that, mm-hmm. it's like, mm, they just get meddled. And I have a very hard time associating books with like their titles or their authors. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes I'll have to like pick up the book, read the synopsis and be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I remember what happened, but I don't. Yeah. It's very rare that I associate it to like the title. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All that- right, folks. We are getting to the end of our meal. We've got about two and a half minutes left, um, but now would be a really good time to finish off those last few bites um, while we start to wrap up our main dish. Awesome. Hey, Jose. (laughs) Yeah. I was just about to say that Goodreads, like signing up for Goodreads was essentially because I can never remember the books that I've read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember anything about them. And I can't remember if I really liked them. I have very poor memory for that. So yeah, I needed to write it down somewhere. And so that's how I ended up on Goodreads. Yeah. So, and that makes sense. I use I use the library app the same way. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes I don't realize, like, so I will actually sit on the wait list for, you know, four or five, six months for a book. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I open it and it's like, oh, you're at page 270. And I'm like, oh, 
you're kidding. I read this, like I started reading it two years ago and then forgot that I was reading it and then have to go start it all over again. So, Oh no. Yes. That is one piece. I have a very hard time with the libraries. Um, what is the word? Like their deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um, two weeks for me. Sometimes I can read a book in two days. Sometimes I need a month. So yeah. I really don't appreciate the fact that they take it back when mm-hmm. I have like, you know, still have a book to go. I agree. So it's yeah. a bit of a pain, but yeah, my library's life. my library's three weeks. Excuse me. Yeah, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. How do I manage that? I'm gonna have to like. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So you're in? Are you on like the Ottawa one or still the Toronto one? I'm on the Ottawa one. Hmm. And actually, Toronto was also three weeks. So London's just jipping us? Yeah, apparently. Oh, now I need to know what that's about. So how many (laughs) books can you put on hold? Uh, It's a lot. It's like 20 or 30. But no, there's a big difference. But I don't remember. Okay, so we need to know. You let me know later. Do you want me to go sign into my account? (laughs) Not now, but because I noticed, so London only gave us 10 until COVID happened, and then we got 20. So that was like a huge win, I thought. But if Toronto has had 30 this whole time, I'm no, going to be. No, it's 20. Okay. Fine. I just checked. I'll let that one go. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't leave myself in that suspense. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> and that, did you hear my timer go off? That was the end. I did. I did. Yeah. Ta-da. So I am actually timing it, folks. It is a, mm-hmm. a real. It is real. Um, yes. So that it takes us to the end of our main dish. So now you've heard us talk about books. Um, mm-hmm. You've heard us talk about our library apps, the Goodreads app. Clearly, we are big on our apps. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose, what is our takeaway resource today? Absolutely. So yeah, for our our dessert segment, which is your takeaway resource, um, we wanted to share with you a book that. Yeah, both Jill and I love, um, which is The Body is Not an Apology um, by Sonia Renee Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an awesome, awesome book, and it is available both as a, a written book um, and as an audiobook. And I personally listen to the audiobook, and Sonia Renee Taylor is the person who narrates it, which is just wonderful um, hearing her commentary, not her commentary, but her voice and, and really her almost like her nonverbal, right, as she's um, reading through the book is actually really lovely and I think added another layer of um, context to the book. But mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a great written book as well. <laughs> um, she's such yeah. an amazing speaker. I mean, we, yeah. we've, heard, we've heard her. Am I saying that right? We have heard her um, yeah, yeah. speak at a conference and she mm-hmm. is just such an engaging and vibrant speaker. So I can Absolutely. only imagine how good that um, audiobook is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it's it's a great one. Um, and so to tell folks a little bit what the book is, um, I'm going to read you a little bit of a description and I'm pulling this directly from um, Sonia Renee Taylor's website. Um, I could give you my own review, but I think it's honestly really good to go back to essentially her own words to describe mm-hmm. it. Um, all right, so here I go. Humans are a varied and divergent bunch with all manner of beliefs, morals, and bodies. 
Systems of oppression thrive off our inability to make peace with difference and injure the relationship we have with our own bodies. The body is not an apology offers radical self-love as the bomb to heal the wounds inflicted by these violent systems. World-renowned activist and poet Sonia Renee Taylor invites us to reconnect with the radical origins of our minds and bodies and celebrate our collective enduring strength. As we awaken to our own indoctrinated body shame, we feel inspired to awaken others and to interrupt the systems that perpetuate body shame and oppression against all bodies. When we act from this truth on a global scale, we usher in the transformative opportunity of radical self-love, which is the opportunity for a more just, equitable, and compassionate world for us all. So just lovely. Beautiful. Yeah. I just love her words. I know. I think one of my favorite things about this book is, is that the lens that it takes, you know, really looking at body shame through that lens of systems of oppression mm-hmm. and looking at that bigger picture, right? So not mm-hmm. just like our individual body image, but really the ways that systems of oppression have contributed to how we see ourselves, right? And how we see others. And Sonia Renee Taylor does an excellent job of really sharing a lot of prompts and a lot of questions and really incites curiosity when it comes to looking at these systems. Um, And I love that. This is definitely the social justice lens um, coming Mm -hmm, out, which mm -hmm. is, yeah, why I love this, uh, this book. I love it. So folks, um, that is your resource. Um, And keep in mind, there are going to be audiobooks and uh, written books available at any local libraries. Um, So you can access them digitally through kind of like a library app um, Mm -hmm. or, of course, in person. And by the, like, on the off chance that the body is not an apology is not stocked at your library, um, we have found librarians to be amazing for getting books in that are requested. Um, Mm -hmm. So if it's not there, we encourage you to reach out and say, hey, this is an amazing book. Can you get it for your library? Um, And yeah, I find I've had great success with that. So that's always an option as well. Yeah, and I would say especially with books that are more recent. So this is a recent-ish book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the date in front of me, but in the last few years, um, 2018 actually is what I see here. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're they're more likely to get books if they are recent um, books as well. So this one hopefully would, yeah, perfect would, uh, qualify for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. All right, so – I guess that brings us to the end of our episode three. Absolutely. How are you feeling? Starting to get into a routine here. I know. I'm feeling really great. I am really, really curious to hear people's thoughts. Um, We would love, love, love for you to connect with us and to share some of those thoughts. So um, two ways that you can do that are through following us on Instagram at join our, join our table podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> at join our table podcast I had to say that again in case it created any confusion mm-hmm. um where you can yeah come um you know share comments on our posts um we'll 
we often post, you know, different polls and questions in our stories where you can interact with us. And of course, you're always welcome to um, reach out to us through direct message as well if you have any feedback. Um, and it is a place where we will share the resources and the grounding tools and things that we talk about in the podcast. We'll try to um, also share that to our feed so you have a bit of a record of that. Um, the other place that, you know, we would love for you to offer feedback is just through your podcast app. And so if you can rate our podcast and leave us a comment, um, we would love to hear from you and subscribe, right? Subscribe to the podcast so that when we do release new episodes, um, you get notified right away and you can use that tool um, to help you navigate your eating disorder journey. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. All right, folks. So we will hopefully hear from you soon. And until then, um, thank you so much for being here and for joining us at our table. See you soon. Mm -hmm.